This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 167, Prophecy of Kings, and the future. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter's got a new toy! <laughs> what, what toy? What is the future? Pre- are we predicting the future? What is That was such a weird... It's a weird uh, title for this episode. There's literally a faction in Prophecy of Kings that is about being from the future. So is that... Oh, is sure. This like a, is this like a theme? This is one of those like theme-heavy episodes. No, no, no. This is, uh, this is a table-setting kind of season premiere episode where we talk a lot about it's kind of one of those kind of meta episodes that we haven't done in a long time where we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about prophecy of Kings a little bit. We're going to talk about the future of the show and we're going to talk about uh, stuff coming up, but also Matt, it's the session zero of our next RPG arc. The next campaign of space cast peace turtles. This is our session zero. Yeah. We're creating our characters right now. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of world building. Right. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no! I what's like the, that. What's That's the friends at the good... table spiel? We uh, here at friends at the table. We're about co- coordinated world. I don't know. I don't listen yeah. to that show. Well, actually, so before we get in the episode proper, uh, I want to do some top of the episode announcements, which is a perfect type of episode for that because this is all just like announcements of various announcements. sorts. <laughs> but the number one, the big ones up at the top are the root tournament signups. We are, we are okay. So let, let me explain this properly. So if you're hearing my voice. You are currently in the Patreon month, the month of December, that if you are a Galactic Counselor or above, you will get sent an invitation to sign up to be in our tournament. There are 64 slots. It's first come, first serve. Now, when do you actually get sent the signups? Not right this second. <laughs> we're going to give you a little bit of time to Just actually... give me a minute. Get- yeah, we're, no, we're giving you time. That's right. We're giving you... Uh, you guys a yeah. little bit of time yeah we're giving you we're time. ready we're ready it's just giving we're 100 ready <laughs> we're just giving you guys time to think about you know if you want to do it or not and then you know you would sign up well i guess you know what though i do have a legitimate reason for wanting to wait yeah. we're, we're probably going to wait about two weeks there will be another episode of the show like next week we will announce exactly the time and the day yeah. where we will send out the invites to sign up for the tournament and the reason we're doing it this way is I just want um, to have a little more time to get the word out there mm-hmm. so that people know that they can sign up and that they have to be a galactic counselor or above yep. in the month of December um, to receive the sign-up thingy, the, the Google form submission. Yeah. Yeah. So get in it. Um, and then you'll get the sign-up, and then you'll sign up when you sign up. And it's 64 slots. I hope it doesn't fill up crazy fast like our yeah. last tournament did but we and we have no idea because this is the first time we've done a root tournament like this yeah. so we'll see how it goes but yeah. i'm excited and you if you're listening to me you i think have a very good shot of getting yeah, in the yeah. tournament yeah. yeah yeah uh speaking of tournament news our twilight imperium tournament uh we've kind of offhand mentioned it but we should get a little bit more formal um the the plan right now the goal is to start the tournament the last week of February. That's sort of the that's the way things are ideally going to time out. Mm-hmm. Barring any weird stuff happening with the root tournament or between now and then whatever. Um, so to do that, the Twilight Imperium tournament signups are going to start in January. Now I think there's probably a chance that with the TI tournament we send out invites to everybody who is a, uh, a $5 and up tier in December and January, we just kind of mass wave those out. But January will definitely be when those signups actually happen. So you will want, you will probably want to be a patron in January, uh, so that you get all the messages and whatnot. Um, that sign up form might be different 
my goal is for it to be different <laughs> than just another Google form, but we will we'll see. It's it's been tough to sort of coordinate, but that's when that will happen. That's going to be 216 spots, just like last year. Uh, last year it went very very fast. That is part of why uh, we're upping it to five instead of one dollar. Uh, and ideally, that means a few less people just kind of blindly signed up uh, that don't have any intention of. You know, the problem with the TI tournament is you sign up in January and then you don't play until April. <laughs> so right. uh, it's a bit of a frustrating thing, but I mean, there's no other way to make it happen. Um, right. What else do we have coming up uh, this weekend on Twitch uh, slash Spice Cats Peace Turtles at 12 p.m. noon? I'm going to do what, what I'm calling a reboxing. It's not just an unboxing, but I have my storage solution uh, of TI4 that is ready to receive Prophecy of Kings. So I'm going to be pulling stuff out of the Prophecy of Kings uh, box and re-sleeving and getting everything organized and kind of showing off my uh, storage solution and all that while we do it. So the POK reboxing is 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then right after that, uh, there's actually been some people developing a TTS mod of Twilight Imperium First Edition. <laughs> Uh, which is hilarious. It took they, they 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 got their hands on a copy of first edition, scanned it all in, got it already. People have been working on you know Daryl got his fingers in the mix to work on some code for it. So there's a TI first edition mod that we are going to play at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. So right after the reboxing stream, we will jump over to a game of first edition. And I'm told first edition games go quite a bit faster. But Hunter and it's I are going so in blind. We will basically know none of the rules, so you'll be learning alongside us. Uh, it's how so first funny works. to me. Yeah that we are I, doing i know what you're gonna say <laughs> yeah so like that there are these people sitting listening to the show and they're being like oh i'm so ready for pok content just give it to me i want to see it and we're like <clears throat> anyway so we're gonna play first, first edition, edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the pok mod's not ready yet so we're doing what we can to fill the space between you're getting yes. some pok content that day in in the only way i can muster it which is pulling stuff out of the box by hey, myself look, here's on the, floor. the stuff yeah <laughs> um but let's let's get into the meat of today's episode let's talk about what we're doing today uh like hunter said it's kind of a we're kind of setting up 2021 a little bit uh this is one of those episodes where we're going to talk quite a bit about the show and less um active analysis of like ti but hopefully if you're a fan of the show this stuff uh is important to you and there's some stuff that is i've just got th this episode was born out of i got stuff on my mind and so i want right. to talk about it and then we expanded from there um i want to tease this though i want to tease yeah. this uh later on in the show me and matt are going to talk about um our most anticipated yeah. leaders right. in pok uh and i think that discussion will be really fun um, and some of the things yeah. we're like most excited to pl to play with as well. Some some yes. like you know the, what are we most excited to get our hands on uh, in right. the game. But for for now, uh, I wanted to lead off with uh, maybe the drier stuff. I don't know if it's dry. I think it's interesting, but I don't. I have no idea what it's like to listen to this. Uh, but our our basically our show goals going into the release of Prophecy of Kings. Um, yeah, like what I I would say it's almost like we're we're answering the question: What does the show look like? Yeah in pok era right, right we've been long teasing the idea that like we don't really want to do faction guides and, but we haven't quite sussed out what that necessarily involves uh so the big thing for me is uh what's our number one regret of this first season of the show well it's it's that like literally we got a copy of the game of base game and then like two weeks later we were doing an extra strategy guide and just jumping sure. through every faction yeah. strategy guide and i mean we we were very clear at the time that we were trying to not call them strategy guides but that's what we were trying to do i mean we basically were making strategy guides and and they became that over time so the the other thing that happened throughout base game is we would kind of randomly explore different components, you know, like our action cards episodes. And, a gen and those were almost always relegated to like Galactic Council episodes, even though those were topics we were always kind of needing to cover anyways. And, and yeah, it was just yeah. like, Galactic Council, you tell us when we should get to that. Yeah, it's weird that we, like, you would think if it was like, if you were being told that there's a podcast about a specific board game, that one of the main things they would, it wouldn't be like, an extra thing that they talk about the components. <laughs> you have to but pay it was them just like, to get them to talk about the components yeah. of the board game. And, and honestly, there's we, we made that mistake with uh, the most recent Galactic Counselor poll. There was like a, sure. oh, wait, no, that was audience agendas. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> we have not made that mistake in a little while. But 
one, you know, specifically, I think what you can expect in the coming months is us not waiting for the game yeah. for the game to be out for a year before we talk about each component. Right. So there's going to be this kind of like exploring the components phase, which I would I would say is a little similar to like the first five episodes of the show, uh, except for strung out in little bite-sized chunks. Yes. Okay. Instead right. of it just being like we dryly read you every single new action card <laughs> for three episodes. That, <laughs> yeah. Like we did that, and that was funny to us. Yeah. But I don't know if it was uh, good. Per well, se. also. What what ended up happening is that stuff makes it easier to then later assess everything. If we have if if we are able to all sit down together and go, all right, let's talk about all the agendas, let's talk about all the action cards, let's talk about all the promissory notes. Once we have all that stuff together in our brains, we can then better analyze stuff down the road. So it's right. more about bridging that gap of listen, we're all learning this big new behemoth, um, and the right. same thing goes for factions. And so one of the intents of what we want to do is we, we I think we're going to try to get the show to have a little bit more structure um, in in a way that will make it easier for us to compartmentalize this stuff. So what you can, I think, expect from us once we're able to start getting games of Prophecy of Kings, and especially once we're able to start watching games of Prophecy of Kings uh, in our tournament starting next year, um, we will have episodes where there's like two main segments two topics per episode and one is like you know let's say a 30 minute discussion on action cards or something and then a 30 minute discussion on one faction um and that discussion would just be like an overview of like what does this whole faction look like now in prophecy of kings rather than like what we've been doing is talking through what's getting added this would now just be a what does this faction play like a really good example of that is something like um, Sardak Nor, right? Sardak Nor is is a very very different thing, and we need to now just kind of go back to how we think about. So we have to start over. So we want to just kind right. of redo our overviews, but not in this like we got to talk about the faction for an hour and a half. Think about the first thirty minutes of every faction strategy guide where we're just breaking down all the stuff. It will be more similar to that than it will be to an hour and a half long guide on what we think the right strategy is for that faction. Yeah, and as far as talking about, what's interesting about talking about the base game factions now in POK is I would kind of say, if I were to use like an ice cream analogy, which I will, uh, <laughs> in base game, each faction kind of had like a specific ice cream flavor. Like you had like your mint chocolate chip, yeah. and then you had like chocolate and like vanilla and stuff. And in POK, every every faction, even the old base game ones, they're sort of more like, uh, like a sundae or like a... Uh -huh like like a, a sort of ice cream cocktail type right. thing where now you've got every faction has a lot of different things going on with it yeah. instead of like i mean you use sardak nor sardak nor is the perfect example in base game their their game flavor was punch right <laughs> it hard. and now <laughs> they have and it's still all kind of under the hierarchy of punch uh -huh. but now their game flavor is more like i'm punching and like I'm, I'm a. It's a flurry of punches. Uh -huh. It's like a blizzard, like a right. DQ blizzard with just like a fist I've coming out. I've shattered your window and punched you There's through like the window into the back now. of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like punch flavored ice cream, but with like punch nuts in it. And they, you're throwing the punch nuts in there, and they're going pow, pow. You know what I'm talking about? My favorite part you know of America's funniest home videos is the punch nuts segment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I want to, I want to also talk about uh, the, the idea that these things are going to be like sort of condensed uh you know we, we will we will be having especially like tournament season is like right around the corner right so we're gonna have right. way too much to talk about kind of constantly um in in sort of breaking down uh what's been going on with the tournament and that that breaking down of of everything is going to include breaking down what pok even is like this first tournament i just want to make sure everyone knows this first tournament is going to be weird because no one is an expert at prophecy of kings yet so right. like the winner of this one will have achieved something really really specific that isn't really going to be repeatable because next year's winner they'll have been sitting you know that's that's everybody's like on a new level of meta and everything this first one people will be trying to define the meta and trying to define yeah. like what things cost and what things are worth that won't be set in stone yet uh and so you know there's going to be a lot for us to talk about on the back end of that um and so the idea of what our tournament coverage is going to look like and how it will get 
sprinkled into these early episodes is sort of a tricky behemoth we have to approach. Random prediction I just want to throw out here right now. I think the champion of the first... This is like, I I think the our our first tournament here in POK um, is actually a really unique opportunity for players. And it's really exciting to me that we're doing a tournament so quickly because I feel like the winner of this tournament will be less like a professional sports player uh-huh. and more like the chief scientist of TI <laughs> that was able to like right. find, you know, not necessarily the person that was able to just play the game with uh-huh. such beautiful precision, but the person that was able to experiment and find the thing yeah. before we all, before everybody else found right, it. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, like a weird example of that would be like, this would be Ginger's time to shine. <laughs> I feel like, right? Because Ginger's just at the table going like, what, what do you give or, like a Ginger or a Schroeder? Like the deal makers, the people that are just looking for weird opportunities. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe even like Janor deserves a shout out here where they're just like, I'm just trying to see what I can get, buddy. Uh, right. This is the time for that kind of stuff to like really uh, bear fruit. Um, so, yeah, I, I would expect the tournament coverage to look different. Now, I, I think we are both discussing not really doing as specific of, like, game one. This is what happened in game one. Okay, right. let's move on to game two. And having that become, like, last year it was, like, 45-minute long segments of us detailing, like, three games or whatever. Um, I think we want to talk about, in general, how the tournament arc is going and then probably possibly have an extra episode per week or per month in the feed that is just that, you know, you guys have been getting fireside chats here about once a month. I think another thing as part of that, like bonus episode content would be tournament coverage. Right. Um, whether that's explicitly with us or if our space, if our, if our reporter, our field reporter, space lawyer, and a couple other people join them for these field updates or, or whatever it is. I think that's what we're looking for. I think we're trying to make, the tournament feel a little bit more all encompassing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's it's just like everything is about the tournament during tournament season. And this year it gets to be so specifically about the tournament and about tournament players learning how to play Prophecy Kings, which means we are also learning how to play Prophecy Kings. Like we're all just exploring this together. Rather than when base game came out, Hunter and I were just trying to play as often as we could on the weekend. Now I feel like I'm going to learn Prophecy of Kings better by just like watching three games a week. <laughs> right. And and in that way, of course, the tournament is going to influence the regular episodes of yes. the show. Yeah. So like that, and it's not even that I, it, we will never, ever say anything about the tournament no, we'll while the show to. is going on. Because yeah. the tournament will in, in, inform, oh, turns out X-Tra is better than I thought. We've seen four X-Tra wins. Or, you know, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Now, right. we're not going to go into detail of every arc of what happened in every game, but we are going to be drawing uh, comparisons and, and making analysis based on the events in, that we see in game. I think if, if I were to just kind of pitch this to you, the listener, what I want this year from the tournament is for the tournament to almost feel like its own story that you can keep up with through a couple different ways you can you know i i want to stream every game i intend on streaming every game i've now said it on the record Uh uh-oh i want every game streamed and collected on the youtube because i want you to be able to watch the entire story of the tournament if that is what you want to do now I think the idea of taking, you know, our tournament, our specific tournament summaries and taking them out of the regular show and putting them in their own place on the feed, I think is another way for us to say, like, here are a couple different ways you can experience the tournament. But what I want to do this year is kind of protect the sanctity of that a little bit and just say, like, you know, I, I do not want to spoil this tournament for you unless you are specifically like, Seeking I'm going to click out. on the one that spoils yeah. the tournament. Right. Yeah. Right. That kind um, of thing. And, and honestly, all of this is part of what I view as like the main new goal of the show, of this arc of the show, right? We, we keep always having these new seasons or these new arcs. And this arc is very much just focused on exploring the new stuff. Um, yeah. Not... Hunter, I mean, Hunter and I are going to always continue to make, you know, new tier lists and and rank things, and we will be a hundred percent right every single time. Yes, 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 unquestioning. Yes, yes. Uh, but all that is to say, we're we are going to be just trying to feel everything out and and making sure the show 
is still interesting during that period, right? Rather than people are going to be looking for like, how do I, you know, what am I supposed to do as the nomad? And I think that's just an answer we're not going to have as precisely for the first year of this thing being out. And so we have to, we have to think about that question in a different way. I mean, I think, I think our goal is to give ourselves the space to learn the game before we just start saying yes. things on the record that right. this is how it is. And, and, and we can be still more say stuff, right? Path. We can still yeah. be saying, like when we do an overview of the Nomad, we can say, well, this seems good and this seems yeah. like this, yes. this ability seems good and I would use it in this way. But we, what we are saying is we have to recognize that there is a lot of unknown about this territory we're about to go into. There's there's a right. lot we don't know, and there's a lot we're going to learn about what is and isn't good and what... I mean, just even the sheer value of things, the, the sheer amount of things that you can combine together, right? My agent, and then if I use your agent, or if I have these two commanders' abilities, like, there are literally just combos all over the place. Think about how complex it is to talk about Necro, right? Because they can get any two faction techs. And so people think about weird combos that Necrovirus can do. Every single faction has that now. Every faction has that openness of, well, if I'm this, and then I also get Sardak's commander, and then I am allowed to use so-and-so's agent on this turn, these are the things I can accomplish. And that kind of stuff is going to take a incredibly long time to figure out like what is truly worth it or if that kind of stuff is even worth talking about or if it's all so nebulous that like that isn't how good ti strategy is talked about right i think hunter and i always push more for how can we give you a stable predictable game versus you know the the brian style of let me consider every possible outcome of every possible decision we can't be that show because that would make every episode four hours long yeah um i want to say that pok is deceptively bigger mm-hmm. than i think if you just look at the components yeah. there are some ramifications of what has changed with the expansion that make the game bigger by i would say like a, like almost like an order of magnitude yeah. Yeah. bigger right and, yeah and, and a lot of it has to do with trading a lot of it has to do with lending your abilities to other players it's like i mean it's that one strategy guide episode yeah is going to be a massive undertaking yeah, exactly. at this point well i just don't think you can do it i mean we've been saying that's what that's what we've been saying is we can't do strategy guides i think instead what it's going to turn into is we saw this game these are the circumstances and this is how that player decided to go about their strategy given all of these tools because you just can't talk i mean a faction isn't its own faction anymore because of all the tools you can borrow from other factions so a a neck a sardak game with arborek available to them is a completely different game through and through sure yeah, or, yeah, or more yeah. importantly, from Arborek's perspective, <laughs> Arborek <Right. laughs> with a Sardak commander on the table is a completely different animal. Um, yeah, and so that that kind of stuff. It's like, are we supposed to talk about that with every? You know, if, okay, we're gonna do the Arborek guide. Let's talk about when you get the Sardak commander. Let's talk about when you get the Wind. Let's talk about, and it's like that we could do that forever. So it's just not worth it. And, and that feeds into kind of my own. <laughs> personal goals i guess this is a good time to transition into yeah yeah, let's do that uh stuff that i'm just looking forward well maybe not looking forward to i don't know what to call this uh but the stuff i'm anticipating with prophecy of kings and and what i want to focus on as a player as opposed to as a commentator and a presenter and all the stuff the show is for myself when i sit down to a table seeing how big and scary prophecy of kings can be if you allow it to embed itself that deeply into your brain um i i think there's an actual i i i consider this a psa that people should be aware of of like you can ruin the game for yourself and you have to actively battle against some of your worst instincts in prophecy of kings to really enjoy it that that is a that is a thing that functions inside of my brain which is my analysis paralysis is a thing i've always struggled with in in twilight imperium and it's at times i've gotten better with it and then i think over the last year to year and a half i've actually gotten worse i think when the show started i was getting better about not sitting and and thinking too long Um, but my recent games have been pretty disgusting 
uh, with how, how much time I just spend sitting, looking, not wanting to screw anything up. There's a lot of pressure from like the show on my shoulders that I wear and shouldn't. Like I don't need to worry about this stuff as much. Um, and so a big part of, for me as a player is actively trying to reduce my analysis paralysis um, and letting myself make mistakes in Prophecy of Kings is, is a big thing. Right, and that all ties into the game has gotten mm-hmm. order of magnitude bigger. Like, I mean, I think the, the way I would characterize your analysis paralysis in base game is it's like a car engine like running in like a like a high gear yeah. you know and it's like it's it's getting hot it's like this is just like the wrong gear for this engine to be in right and so it's just kind of like Rrr. but the <laughs> with how much you could analyze yeah. in pok you, you're gonna be like a like a jet engine with way too much fuel being dumped into right. it right and it's just shooting off into space yeah exactly you know? it's it's it it's it is too much to allow yourself to, I mean, that, that's why part of, we haven't really talked about like what the rules of the TI tournament are going to be, but I, and I've been teasing this on the discord, there will be a version of a time limit on at the very least the prelims games, but probably almost the entire <laughs> tournament. I know that scares everyone. Hey, everyone don't freak out. We have a plan. We have a way to make it work. It's a soft time limit, but regardless what we were aware of is last year's games took way too long because people want to play their best game. Right. This year's games, we don't know the tools that well yet, and there's more to just sit and think about. So right. the games naturally go way too long if you let them. And like we we have to respect our moderators and commentators and streamers yes. and other players' yes. time. We cannot have 36, 14-hour-long games. We, we can't do it. Um, and that's speaking from my own perspective, too. When I'm playing, that's the other thing I'm trying to do is stop doing that to other people. I'm tired of making people wait on my turns and making people listen to me while I like verbally assault myself and my bad decisions. It's uncomfortable <laughs> for every single person in the room. Uh, so I, I want to learn to like roll with my mistakes. I, what I'm trying to do is view problems I'm having in game as not something I should have done better, but instead as something that I can do differently next time. I beat myself up a lot in games because I didn't see that I should have moved four destroyers here instead of one. Um, but I, I need to quit looking at it as like, oh, I should have gotten everything exactly right and going, oh, I didn't realize that because there's so too many things to look at. There's all, you're going to not realize stuff. You have to accept you're not going to realize things. And when you realize something, just go, oh, I realized that now. Right. What a thing I've learned. And, and you just... You have to move on because you'll you will do damage to yourself, which is what I've done. <laughs> yeah. So I I, uh, I second everything Matt is saying. I, I just want to contextualize for anybody that might be freaked out by that announcement of time limits in the coming tournament. I just want to offer you a little more information. Sure. Uh, first of all, I want to promise that we are going to give you a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it's in not going to be a three-hour time TI limit, game. <laughs> right? So don't worry about that. You're going to get a reasonable human amount of time. Second of all, I doubt you'll see... I don't want someone thinking that the whole tournament is a time limit tournament. I think the prelims will have a time limit. Yeah, I, I don't After think the semis... The, yeah, no. I, I agree. The semis and definitely and the finals will not. There's no way the no. finals will have a time limit. Uh, no, but no, the, no. the prelims are this absolute slog that we have to get... like. They're, they're exciting, but for us to get through them, you guys are all playing one game. <laughs> right. Hunter and I and our team have to do 36 games very, right. very quickly. Um, right. Sometimes like three to five a weekend. Uh, and it's, it is a group. I mean, last year we had multiple moderators burn out uh, because they, they did a lot up front. And then it was very quickly like, oh, oh, wow, I need to do like one every other weekend. I cannot mm-hmm. do two a weekend for six weeks or whatever. I mean, it's it's too much. And that's those are the people's time we are trying to be more mindful of. Um, you know, we can get more mo- we can get like more volunteers, too. But there's a certain factor of this where it's like, I don't want to just be relying on a million volunteers for this thing that I don't, I don't think that's fair. Um, so it's trying to do things within Hunter and I's means and our abilities but also respecting everybody who is participating, respecting their time and effort. Yeah, and and if you're thinking, oh, maybe this, well, is this going to like hurt the talent or whatever? If you are, if if you're a 
if you regard yourself as if, if, if you're a competitive ti player if yeah. you if you're like i want to go into this tournament and i want to do well what you're going to have to factor in is first of all learning pok yeah uh, oh, oh, oh boy yeah uh and then second of all try like playing against a time limit yep that is the challenge of the prelims right. of the tournament. And I'm very comfortable with that being the challenge. Right, okay? right. And that's I realize the, that that's might That's what the skill off, set but... requires is yes. you have to not only play well, but play well quickly. I think the people yes. that this hurts the most are like the, the very, very involved deal makers. But what I think some of those deal makers have to accept is there is a, there's a time limit to how long you can just beg someone for the thing that you want, right? We have, right. I have multiple times seen deals being worked on where there's very little progress being made on the deal and i'm sure the deal maker will d disagree with that assessment but like I i've sat through a 45 minute long trade negotiation before right and there's no excuse for that there just isn't. right there's no reason yeah. yeah um so i i think honestly what i'm looking forward to about the prelims of the tournament this year is i think it's going to be very much about picking up pok finding something kind of simple and straightforward that works yeah. and then getting yourself into that situation in your game. Yeah. That is, I think what is really going to succeed because you're going to be pushing up against your lack of knowledge of the game and the time limit. Yeah. So you are going to have to say, okay, let's, I'm going to look at a couple factions. Can I find something right. that seems to work with those and then try it? And I actually think the results of each game will be really varied because of this turn. I'm really, I, I don't know if like, if, if if you if you are bummed out by this announcement, I just want to say I, I I do not share that feeling. I'm very excited yeah, of fun. doing a tournament about a game we don't understand yet and under a time limit. Yeah. It just seems like we're going to get a lot of really weird results. What yeah. do you got? The idea that uh, players are going to have to invest a little bit more in prep time. You saying that just made me so afraid for uh, Jayhan. <laughs> Jayhan uh, is a player right. who notoriously like builds flow charts for like every decision point that might come up in a game and it's like jayhan i think you're gonna break yourself bud i think you're gonna need to rein that in because what i do to myself in game jayhan will do starting I mean, he's probably already started he's been right he's probably been writing flow charts since any pok's reveals sure. started happening and i'm just like listen bud you're gonna need to just give yourself some breaks because you could probably do this 24 7 until your tournament game and well just i mean i i my advice at this stage for people that are gonna want to start preparing is like find something that works and keep it simple because you are not going to be able to dig up yeah. every little aspect of the game in you know you don't have if you're planning to compete and you're excited about it well you have the holidays coming up yeah. and then you have like a month right after that right like so you don't have you don't have time to figure everything out about the game yep. so find something that works and then try and get yourself into that position in the tournament i think that will be key right basically um what else are we what can we talk about just like more prophecy of king specific stuff what yes. are you what are we excited for just in terms as as players what are we wanting to get to the table hunter what what are you what are you itching to to, to do in prophecy of yeah Kings? well so i am just kind of piggybacking off of last week um, I am really excited about specifically Sardak Nor right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the changes that, that they have gotten, uh, is really exciting to me. I think a lot of flavor has been added to a faction that I love, but to be honest, did not really have a lot of flavor right. to be honest. Like, I mean, they had, you know, they had punch and they had the, the cool dreadnoughts, which always seemed like kind of weird, right? Uh -huh. Like, why do they have cool... They don't start with any tech. Yeah. And their faction tech is a dreadnought upgrade, blue, blue, yellow. Right. And then a two red upgrade. It was always kind of cool. silly. And now it makes so much more sense. It's so much cleaner. Um, and they have uh, just some real interesting flavor. Um, and then obviously... Besides Sardagnor, it's to me it's all about trying to figure out these uh, these new factions. They are each of them. It's like seven factions, but they're not just like seven new factions in the vein of like, you know, the the first six factions. There's seven new factions. I would say in the vein of the last three new factions that we got, which was like Ghost, Arborek, and Necro, yeah. which as three factions to get added to the game. 
a particularly wild yeah, group. Definitely. And I would say that about these seven right. as well. Right. That they're they are particularly wild factions. Yeah, what I like about it is that it, it, I think it's actually kind of a blend. I think it's like a couple nice baseline, you know, Argent Flight feels pretty standard, right? Sure. Uh, uh, and and then it's a it you're you're slowly getting into really really weird factions like Empyrean yeah. and Titans, right? So so there's a little bit for I think there's something for everybody to to get excited Mahat, about. Mahat yeah, Mahat is, is weird, crazy. Man. Um, so I, I'm very excited to just like try the new stuff. I don't get as hot on the new factions for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I'm sorry if you can hear the vacuuming in the background. By the way, uh, I I am more excited to to see how old factions um have changed. evolved have changed yeah um especially with the ones with that have obviously changed quite a bit in terms of how the game thinks about them um jolnar and winu are like my top two i really want to play as and get a feel for like what what is their new power level what how are how are people going to treat them more importantly how am i going to be treated when i play as them like am i going to be right. what am i going to be allowed to get away with what are people going to be constantly keeping a, a watchful eye on um, so I'm I'm very excited for Jolnar and Winu, um, but I think bigger than that, the reason I'm I'm glad that we're gonna dive into Prophecy of Kings, and I probably won't even play that often because we'll be watch we'll we'll be spending so much time watching other people play. I'm right. excited to see um, all of the different various factions, uh, like what all the different combos can look like, and what that does to deal making. Right? I'm excited to see how agents and commanders uh, impact the game. And I, that's what I think I'm going to be trying to like, at least in my own brain, analyze the most as part of tournament streams is like, okay, when this faction, this faction and this faction are in the game, it becomes about this sort of, I mean, like our coverage of root is the extreme example of that, right? You know, the, the game is literally defined by the, the three or four factions that are in it. Um, you, right. They, they have completely different feelings because the goal structure of the games change. How much of that are we going to get in Twilight Imperium based on what different agent and commander abilities are available each game? And more importantly, what heroes are available, right? Things like Ghost of Creus. Now, when Ghost of Creus is in a game, that thing is going to happen. The, the system tile swap is going to happen. You right. have to be prepared for it. And you have to think about how the whole game shapes around that moment. There are big sweeping instances of change in a game that you now have to plan around. And it's not just about, well, so-and-so gets this and they kind of steadily build an economy until they do this. Now it's like, I have to be prepared for the crazy swings that can happen. I would say, you know how um, in base game... Uh, a game without a Hakan player at the table yes. feels completely different than a game with a Hakan yeah. player at the table, right? And it's like, there's like two specific flavors of like if someone's playing Hakan and if someone's not. Yep. So that concept applies to way to more everybody. factions now, yeah. like almost all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we said that. We, I, I said that about Necro earlier. Right? Every faction feels like you're playing as Necro because you have little combos you're looking for. And right. the same can be said of every game feels like you're playing against Hakan and Mentak. Every right. single game is like, I got to deal with their shenanigans and I got to deal with all of their negotiating power. And I have to deal with my ability to gain access to multiple powers within the game. Like everything is a combination of all of those elements. So right. maybe that means Hakan will be more pickable in tournament because it's like, listen, everybody trades like crazy. Hakan is no different than <laughs> every other faction that is constantly wheeling and dealing their agents. I don't know. I'm going to push back on that sure, right now. Though, I, because, I'm, not, because... I'm not actually making that as a, as a guess. Because Hakan... <laughs> Yeah, everybody trades a lot more, and then also Hakan more than everybody else with the planet <laughs> trade thing. Right. Look at their mech unit. It is ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe I love it. how ridiculous that mech unit yeah. is. Um, but yeah, they can trade everything right. at this point. You can trade actual money from your wallet now with Hakan. <laughs> That's part of the game. Yeah. You can trade like car titles. You yeah. can, like you can give, you well, so can literally when, give someone so a car in the game. So every copy of Prophecy of Kings comes with a phone in it that has a, a stock market app loaded onto the phone yeah. and you're now yeah. just you're playing the new york stark stock exchange uh, as part of the stark exchange uh, the stark exchange <laughs> as part of what you are dealing with in prophecy yeah. of kings you just have access it's real. to that yeah yeah it's that it's that level it's insane um 
what else so what, what what else what else are you looking for what else are you excited about well, on the on the horizon there's uh, maybe even just the show or yeah, or, or i, I think okay. content wise things are going to get interesting here because we've committed ourselves to getting every game of the tournament streamed and put on youtube um yeah. and so the stuff you've been seeing of like just hunter tra- uh, so the the this most recent arc has been let's get these faction guides done yeah. and hunter's the one who has the more available time to actually do the homework and the research on those guys so you've seen lots of hunter plays as x on the youtube right. and and on right. twitch and that stuff is going to change pretty significantly mostly because yeah. now the stuff the the twitch streams that are just going to get rolled out onto the youtube are all of the tournament games yes. um so hunter maybe you can speak better to like what other like what can people expect to see outside if if maybe they're just like for some reason not into the tournament which if you're not into the tournament and you listen to this show i think that's a bit that's kind of crazy that you would be that kind of listener but i know i know that used to exist no but i think that's that's, that's, i think that's reduced now because of how much like we've kind of catered the show to it yeah yeah so so here's kind of the the general layout i think of the future as far as video content from space cats peace turtles um it's going to be very very much focused on getting you the the story of the tournament and letting you see all of these games and letting you see you know all these different players kind of get a handle on this game as we kind of discover all of the new stuff as a community that will be a focus um another aspect of it that i'm really excited um is that i think you're going to start seeing space cats peace turtles video essay style content um we're gonna unpack that (laughs) yeah so so we are the first thing that we're gonna do as a kind of our test of it is we are going to make a a video i'll call it a film you know what i'll call it a film (laughs) that we're going to make that we're going to produce space cats peace turtles uh horse house llc is producing a film about prophecy of kings we are going to review and analyze this expansion not review like assign a score review like take in there will be no score and understand them. we will do a we are not yeah we are not an unbiased like we can't review this game we are too close to this stuff to review it in the same way that like you could just read a review about something and let it inform you as to whether you should buy it or not i think you should buy it i think you should buy it right now i think you should that's my opinion is I, I think you should purchase it yeah. uh, completely. I 100% believe that. But that doesn't mean there isn't a lot to say as far as analyzing this game in the same way that you would if you were just critiquing it right. uh, like you would critique anything, which is actually, I would say, not something we ever, ever have done on this show, really. I mean, we've never like just been like, I'm going to... I'm going to be, I'm going to play critic and talk about this thing as, uh, as a game or as a product or as art. This is art uh, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, so we are, that's something we're going to be working on in the new year. Um, I am excited about it. It's definitely something that I expect to be part of our brand going forward and a little, it will be a little less about just watching me play every single faction on our youtube and a little more about actually editorialized content that has a specific uh purpose that is is trying to be communicated to you and then you know if you are somebody that's like oh but i'm i'm hungry for just the raw stuff of 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 having the game be played then that is what the the tournament content is for yeah. and 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 i hope that will satiate you it will literally be 36 games of twilight Imperium, well, and so. it'll be it'll be 43 games because we got the semi it'll be a lot it's oh yeah 43 yeah Sorry, total whoops, games will hit the youtube over the games. course of four months yeah um but as far as the youtube just being like kind of super dedicated the youtube isn't gonna just fo- just exist as a bank for the twitch right as far as just like a twitch stream now gets banked on the youtube that I think will will not really happen unless it's the tournament. Not to say that I'm not going to stream myself playing. I'm going to stream myself playing all the time. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah, there's just there will be less availability for that while the tournament is ongoing. There, there, it'll be yeah. a bit more well, difficult to get games in. 
and also though even if there wasn't a tournament i think what i'm trying to say is that i want to kind of focus on expanding the the content that we give you that is very like kind of focused and 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 pre-written that type of content versus just like being able to watch us or watch me rather most of the time uh just like play this game from every angle that we can think of i think i think that that uh arc of the show is gonna kind of go to the wayside but like i said you're still gonna get a lot like a crazy amount of that yeah content so i'm not even sure what i'm saying i'm I'm excited for more like we we did the tabletop simulator the new mod tutorial recently and there's actually more tutorials that need to come out for that um and doing that kind of stuff is something i want to be able to dedicate more time to so being able to dictate that that stuff is like a key feature of the show rather than like a thing that kind of happens allows us to dedicate more time and energy to those enterprises if that makes sense it's it's something right. we, we get to try to focus on if we sort of make it clear like hey this is a thing you should be keeping your ear out for you know trying to redirect people to the youtube so that they can keep an eye out for more uh new style interesting content to come out yeah and and i just i want to reassure people that might hear this and think like well so are they just like gonna try and just be like normal youtubers no uh in addition to this and and uh uh no uh i promise that even after talking about pok if we start doing other videos that are about specific things um i can promise you that that our brand is not only twilight imperium but it's really our brand is going deep on something we already like a ton yeah and being weird about it and it's a weird thing to be that into that's our brand yeah, yeah. i don't know if you knew that but that is, our brand is way deep on this thing yeah and too dedicated to a single thing <laughs> yeah and we're weird yeah. and uh and kind of dumb you know what i mean just right. kind of dumb weird dummies that's us that's us yeah hunter you said at the start of this episode that we also should uh do a little uh let's play a little game uh yeah yes what? love it what leader, specifically leader, are you most anticipate? I guess this one you already kind of answered. What are you most anticipating for POK? What leader are you most jazzed well, up Well, okay, for? so so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have kind of alluded to it all episode, but now I can get specific. So my most anticipated leader is the Sardak commander, whose name is uh, Gom Sekis. Uh, he is my favorite thing in the <laughs> in box. The whole thing, yeah. Right now, <laughs> he is my favorite thing. Um, and you know what? Let me let me just read you Gom. Uh, we've we've definitely read you Gomsekis before, sure. but I, I I you need it to be read it again. So this is a Sardak commander. Um, the unlock is they need uh, they need to own an amount of planets. How many? Control is it? I think five planets in non-home systems. Yeah, there you go. And then and then here's once you unlock them, here's what he does. During the commit ground forces step, you can commit up to one ground force from each planet in the active system and each planet in adjacent systems that do not contain one of your command tokens. Now there's a couple different applications for this, but the most common application is that I no longer need to carry ground (laughs) forces into a system I'm trying to invade. I can just launch my bugs through the air underneath even enemy ships to punch those people and and my limit of course is one ground force per planet that is neighboring but if you start planning around it i mean this can easily be three or four infantry that you're sending at a system yeah and uh it's just nuts y'all it's just is now very interested in like land bridges i can already tell that's going to be a thing we talk about with sardak nor is like look out for your land bridges you you want Find territories where planets are all adjacent to each other, and that's going to be where you just steamroll, folks. Um, my, my, I, I feel bad about my answer for my most anticipated leader, but I, I have, a, I think, a pretty good analysis of why. Um, mine is, I'm super duper uh, jazzed. I didn't say this earlier, but I'm really jazzed to play Asarl now. Um, I think I've always kind of liked Asarl, but in TI3, they were way too good, so it was kind of like lame to, to be really into them. And in TI4, Four, I think I enjoyed them a lot at first, and then they've kind of fallen away from me. I've I I haven't loved um, their plastic problem as much. It, like that that really impacts me as a player because of my playstyle. So so their their plastic disadvantage hurts me even more because I don't focus enough on it. Uh, but right. now 
They have Saru, their agent, which is just this card has the text ability of each other player's agent, even if that agent is exhausted. So when I say my favorite leader is the leader that can do all the other leaders powers, it feels like a cop out in terms of like things I'm excited for. But what I'm excited for is the types of new interactions that open up for Isarl because of that. Every round, right. you have five new abilities that you can take advantage of. And so you're not just limited to like, well, I, I don't have the best plastic, but I got a lot of action cards. I hope something in there is pretty good. But now you have at least also a little bit of reliability as the action card has now gotten less reliable because there are 40 more cards if you're playing with the codex stuff. Uh, what has become more reliable is once you sit down at a table, you can go, all right, these are the five agents I have access to every single round. Let me think about how I'm going to play that round. And some of them offer genuine points of like, real. I mean, when my, my favorite interaction is Isarl and Hakan in the same game because Hakan's agent lets them refresh somebody else's commodities and if Sru can also do that Hakan and I can both refresh each other's commodities outside of trade and then do deal making within that like you can just do all sorts of different things so Asarl gets to play as this little mini necro that just gets to do all sorts of crazy stuff and and I'm very yeah. excited for what that's going to do uh, for their game but more importantly that also speaks to I'm very excited for the, just all the new types of negotiations that are going to open up um, as overbearing as those might sometimes be. That is definitely the most exciting part. And if you listen to our appearance on the Quackalope podcast played it once, uh, what last week, a week and a half ago or so uh, we, we sort of presented twilight Imperium, not as a strategy game, but as a negotiation game first. And I think prophecy of Kings is driving that point home with this stuff. You, you, if you're not negotiating at all intervals, you're not, you're not doing twilight Imperium to its, to its maximum. You're not playing the game completely. Yeah. I think in a weird way too, Saru is kind of, um, a good way to prep yourself for how buck wild, POK is because Saru obviously only gets abilities of all five yeah. other factions. So like, you know, a lot of agents are really good. Yeah. But some of them aren't. Right. Some of them are just kind of like maybe good in one specific situation, but like not good all the time. So like that kind of dependence of here's Isarl and they have this ability that can range from being like pretty good to like maybe not so good if they don't have good opportunities at the rest of the table. You are so influenced now yeah. by the other people seated. I'll give you a, I'll give you another concrete example. Cabal. So Cabal have an agent that allow them to capture a unit uh, depending on uh, commodity value. Yeah, how, how much how much commodity value the other faction has. So it's like when somebody else refreshes their commodity, you use their agent to um, flip their commodities over to trade goods, and then you receive, uh, you capture a unit from the reinforcements that corresponds to the value yeah. of those commodities. So that ability is either worth a dreadnought or, I guess, a carrier. Right. And in the world where it's worth a dreadnought is a kind of different, kind of way different feel. Kind of a very different thing. And also worth noting, the timing appears to be of Cabal's thing. Uh, if everyone does really specific uh, trade agreement trades for trade, you can cut Cabal out completely. It's sort of like when people, yes. when everybody decides not to vote so that Necro can't get any tech. It's that kind of thing with trade. If everybody does trade agreement deals, you never actually gain your commodities because somebody else gains your trade goods, which means Cabal never uses their agent. So the entire game, the way deals are made in game has now completely changed just by Cabal's presence. You can't right. do debt meta because, or, or you can't do the sort of debt meta that a lot of people do because you have to do a trade agreement trade at the time of trade so that you make sure Cabal don't get a free dreadnought. Or you just let them do it, though. Because the other thing, too, is that, you know, you get something out of this. So yeah. you refresh your commodities, and then you they automatically turn into trade goods. Right. You don't even have to trade with anybody else. Um, and actually, the way that it's written would allow you to kind of, like, jump into somebody else's business. Yeah. And they say, like, all right, I replenish you. And then you just say, like, all right, flip them over. Right. We're good. <laughs> yeah, you can completely interrupt other people's trades they had planned to do and sort of um, really 
make some people mad it <laughs> turns yeah. out and we're i i realize like you know we're being very specific right yeah. now yeah, we're yeah. just talking about like a couple components but this is maybe your preview for the rest of the show yeah. like for the show going forward is like us taking this thing and being like okay because because I, I just think the big picture here is that uh game got too big for a podcast in some ways <laughs> like <laughs> In some ways, this game has truly gotten so big that yeah. it might be hard to fit all of one faction. No, you can't in a in a single episode. Yep. So we have to parse it down, and that that is the focus of uh, season two. Is like, how do we take this thing that's too dense and and break it down into smaller chunks that we can actually discuss in like an hour or whatever that we're trying yes. to do. Yes. So, so that's it. If but, you like I mean, that then you know stay tuned if you don't i hope you can join us on the on the journey to try and try and shift our focus or shift our priorities i guess right well i think instead you can kind of think of it more like this if 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 the only reason you're here is for the specific faction strategy guide episodes well first of all you're not listening to this episode anyway so i don't even know why i'm talking to you <laughs> but but let's say you did happen to listen to this but generally that's your vibe think of it more like instead of you just getting one episode that's yeah. just like l1 here you go right, listen to right. it and now you know how to play l1 it's gonna be more like l1 like l1 this slice of it yeah l1 this part of it right. l1 this it's more like uh, a a series a a uh, a class on l1 instead yeah. of like a end-all be-all one one hit wonder summary of the whole thing four years just to cover everything once let alone get yeah. into like deep discussion it's going like it's like three episodes per faction and like stretch it's going to be absolutely terrifying uh, how much work there is to do <laughs> yeah yeah and then can you imagine if someday there's another expansion i don't even think there should be to be honest <laughs> i feel like i maybe if i if i you know i would be like no there shouldn't be another to. one this, right yeah we are we're not even caught up on the last one <laughs> even if it happened in four years we'd be like slow down dude <laughs> well i think that's i think that's where we cut today's stuff off uh i i want to thank our weird bears farganess tg welch brian bot bot kaluin billy squeamish emu son of leto mate nason and john and i want to thank our space kitties naderade patience as a virtue polyphony requiem rwise gaz Keo, dark jutsu absol istoria Ready Action, Visionest, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, and Frank G. All right, let's talk a Galactic Council poll. So the second round poll is up. This is for our, Gala uh, our Galactic Council episode for December. TBD, when it drops. Yeah. Uh, I'm not yeah. committing to a specific time yet. Um, here are your two options. It's exciting. And I have to explain one of them because I feel like some people maybe don't understand what I mean by this and I feel bad. So the first option is Flagship Tournament two the sequel <laughs> um so this option what, what was flagship means, tournament one i think is what people maybe yeah don't okay realize. so i guess what i'm realizing is that maybe some people voted on this and did had not listened to the first flagship <laughs> tournament episode so what this is is we literally make up a little game within a game and we have the flagships go 1v1 against each other and roll dice and fight each other uh -huh. To, de to determine the winner now does this have like analytical value probably not but <laughs> but here's the thing it's a good kind of overview yeah. of all the new flagships right and then and then comparing them to the old flagships in some very specific ways that are not always I would yeah. say important. Now, I will say, if if this episode is chosen, there will be some rules changes to how we did it last time. Because if yes. we do the exact same rules yes, as yes, last yes. time, I guarantee you the same flagship will win the tournament. So we're going to shake things up. We, I yes. don't know how yet. We The episode hasn't been picked yet. I haven't had to write anything. Oh, but well, uh, I'll <laughs> we'll I, see. I have, I'm having an idea live that I just want to tell you about right now. So what I one thing I think that I want to allow is that each flagship will receive the starting tech for that faction okay in addition now in, in a i think lot there of needs cases, to be more stuff i think i think that's gonna be sure, sure, uh, sure. one of the things that's, i think they receive a bunch thing. of stuff 
in most cases, that's not going to help, right? But you know who it will help that kind of did less good than yeah. they needed to is the extra yeah. flagship. Extra for sure. Because they need to have that option to use Graviton. Now, are they going to get to use it every round of the tournament? Absolutely not. I, I think, because no. you have to, we have to factor stuff too, like the Nomad faction, like Nomad, you start with it and eventually it's free. So how do we factor that idea into how well the Nomad flagship is going to do in this tournament? It's the flagship faction that right. that's got to be a thing. So I don't know. We'll figure that all out. But what's the other option for the Galactic Council poll? Um, so the other option is we do a review of the Twilight Imperium book that came out, which is called... The Fractured Void. Yep. I don't know why I can't ever remember the name of it, <laughs> but we will read it. Matt already has it. I just got to get my copy of it. Um, and we read it, and then we do uh, a book review mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I would say... This would be like a spiritual successor to the lore episode, which was yeah. actually kind of popular. So I guess people like the lore. Yeah. Um, and, and I hope I'll, this one and, gets chosen, honestly. As goofy and fun as Flagship Tournament is, I I want to talk about the book. So sure. pick it. Sure. Well, I mean, it's obvious whose corner I'm in, and that's the one where we roll dice. <laughs> um, so either a visceral, just kind of like episode for, you know, less educated folk you know like like people like this me literally, good, good. That's, the, that's the two options is we will read a book and we will analyze the <laughs> literature or we're gonna chuck them dices and let them punch or we'll have all the the spaceships fight each other live <laughs> on the podcast that's i mean that's fun okay that's cage fun. fight 1v1 thunderdome yeah. flag it's either wrestling or some sort of college book course <laughs> Ugh. Um, okay, and uh, the other poll is for the Hunter Donaldson fan club. Uh, this is the December stream. Here are the two options that got left. Um, we had a so the first one is Twilight Imperium player tier list, where we rank every single player that plays Twilight Imperium. Now, this actually requires some explaining too, because we've <laughs> had people say, "Well, this sounds really mean. Like this would make people mad." There, you okay? Player, I'm not, we're not going to rank, we, okay, it, l- all right, two things. If we were to actually do a tier list like what you're thinking that we're doing, there's no way it could be serious because how can me and Matt rank every single player yeah. based on their skill level right now? No. You know what I mean? Like, we could say like, oh man, Jim Bob had a good Arborette game two years ago that I saw, <laughs> like that one time, like... <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense so so that would be that would be stupid yeah we wouldn't do that but We're even if make we did do that it would stupid. be a joke it's gonna be a stupider yeah. idea than that so so what what is actually gonna be is each tier it's gonna be more like superlatives for yeah. like a yearbook each tier is gonna have some sort of theme um are they still gonna be ranked in some sort of order uh yeah but maybe <laughs> it's not by skill you know maybe it's by zenness yeah. you know what i mean like wow factor. matt is at the bottom with all the uh analysis paralysis uh-huh. boys and then i'm at the top with uh with my my zen my, my zen fast boys that play the game fast i don't know <laughs> who knows what it's gonna be but it's gonna be stupid and not not for uh it's not about hurting anybody yeah. that's definitely not going if to you're be the coming to it, it hoping that you're gonna get ranked really highly as like a top player you're not gonna get what you want out of it i'll say that no much. no if you're that, like that desperate is... to be ranked highly like top five you, you don't, you're not going to beat, there's no top five. That's not how it's right. going to work. Right. And we, yeah, we, we, we are not qualified to talk about yeah. really any players yeah. in such an all encompassing way. I mean, I know we had an option for the Galactic Council thing that was going to be like talking about the uh, ranking, like the pro players or, t- or talking about pro players yeah. as far as like how they performed in base game. But even that was just going to be, be based on their actual performance right. in our tournaments, not some sort of abstract, just like our gut feeling on how good someone is at something. Yeah. So I would say, let's, let's just relax when it comes to this option. Nobody's feelings is going to try it. And if you are somebody that's like, Oh, you know, I'm just kind of like kind of sensitive in general and i would say like this is probably not a stream for you yeah we're not gonna like rank people that aren't there you know what i mean yeah. like yeah i'm not gonna just like pick somebody out like it's gonna be the chat being like hey rank me and then yeah. be like all right we'll rank you here's right. here's where you fall here's you know maybe we'll maybe i'll <laughs> maybe we'll do like the weird bears or something like that you know yeah. like we might do those people even if they're not around right. just for fun um but yeah uh okay 
And then the other option, which this is the really fun one. Yeah. I mean, that first one will be funny, but the second one is we play One Night Ultimate Werewolf, um, which is a game that we have been wanting to play for Space Cats for, I think, a long time. Yeah. And I feel like we would probably be able to get the crew together that does like the holiday spectacular right. because they happen to be also really into this type of game. Maybe One Night Ultimate Werewolf would get folded into whatever the holiday spectacular is this year, yeah. which it will be different. So it will not be the same. Right. That's um, okay. So uh, this weekend, De- December 5th, Twitch, 12 p.m. is the POK reboxing of my copy of POK. And in 3 p.m. is that Twilight Imperium first edition game. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. But if you give us a rating there, uh, we super duper appreciate it because it helps increase the visibility of the show. You can also contribute to our Patreon or follow us on Twitter or join our Discord to interact with the whole community and be a part of the whole shebang. Also, we have merchandise. Yay! So check that out. Uh, it is if you go to spacecatspeaceturtles.com and you click on the shop and then you can go to the threadless. You'd also just go to threadless.com slash spacecatspeaceturtles too if you just want a little mm-hmm. shortcut right mm-hmm. there. That's just like a way to do it. Um, we have three items on offer right now. Um, one is our uh, basic logo. We've got our old logo and then we have a custom piece by Sun Sanders. There will be more merchandise coming. Um, we are quite pleased i would say with what i i have my i literally wear my own swag now i have <laughs> space cat shirts that then i wear them yeah i am that guy i don't care i i'm on my team <laughs> uh all right hunter I've, I've got a nice uh this is this is our fade out for today uh and this is okay. given to us by uh the former ledgerman rollo uh and this is kind of, of a, this is a pseudo errata from last week which is okay. Uh, this may have been said already, but the insane length of this episode's title is underscored every time I ask Alaska, uh, Alexa to resume. And he included an audio clip of a thing neither of us have listened to yet, but I'm now going to play for the two of us. Here we go. This is Alexa reciting last week's episode title. Getting Space Cats Peace Turtles from Spotify. Resuming 166. 100% definitive official base game SCPT power ranking list underscore final underscore final final underscore v3 for immediate release dot xlsx. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Put that in greatest bits of SCPT history. <laughs> That's yeah, my favorite that's thing beautiful. that we've ever received. That's wonderful. Thank you. I, actually, I want to say something about the feedback that we got from last week's episode. Some people have posted like, here's my tier list. And it'll be like, you know, like some people disagree. Like they think like SAR should be second. Uh, and then like Necro should be third. That's weird. Um, and you might look at that tier list and think like, oh, wow, that's like almost exactly this Space Gets one. I guess the these two people really disagree. Uh, we don't. That's not how it works. So <laughs> if, if your tier list is even off by one... Uh, it is still violently yeah. disagreeing with our tier list yeah. and is absolutely wrong. You notice there is no errata section here because there can't be if we were right. So there you go. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.